Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. on Steelers Nation Radio. It's high noon on a Monday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Wesley Euler with you here riding solo on a Monday. No Arthur Motes today. So you guys know the drill. We'll bring some buddies. We'll have some guests. We'll have some fun. And we will, as always, get to your tweets at Wesley Euler. That is where you chime in here over the next two hours if you want to get involved with the show, you got questions, you got comments, you got concerns or reactions about the Steelers, about the NFL, about football in general, or just about life. Uh, at Wesley Euler is where you get at me on the dot com. I see a couple of you rolling in with the tweets already. I appreciate you. Again, we will get to uh, all of your reactions and everything as we go. As we do go, you know when I'm solo in here how it works. Uh, we do a lot more reaction on the Twitter. We bring some guests, play some audio. Well, one of the guests that I want to start with today, our buddy Adam Crowley. He is the uh, he is a um, I should say a host for the Steelers Radio Network. You hear him at halftime and post game on the broadcast on the Steelers Radio Network. You also hear him Wednesday nights on ESPN Pittsburgh. Countdown to kickoff. You hear his voice on SNR here from time to time as well. Had a chance to catch up with Adam and get his thoughts on everything that transpired against the Minnesota Vikings. Here's my conversation with our buddy Adam Crowley. It's our buddy Adam Crowley. You hear him on the Steelers Radio Network. He's the host of Countdown to Kickoff here on Wednesday nights on ESPN Pittsburgh, joining us to break down everything that happened last night. What's up, Crowley, man? Thanks for taking the time, buddy. Oh, thanks for having me on. I love talking the day after a Steelers disappointing loss, and today would qualify, I'd say. Yeah, I, I, disappointing loss, disappointing performance, whole lot of disappointment in there. We'll get into all the minutia and break it down here in the next 15, 20 minutes or so. But Adam, is it just as simple as, you know, like I think a lot of times we do try and overcomplicate these things, and Mike Tomlin said this himself last night in his, in his post game. like football is a complicated game, but it's also a simple game. The story of the game was that just the absolute domination by Minnesota in the trenches on both sides of the ball, right? I mean, it, it all begins and ends there. Yes. Look at all the teams that made the college football playoff, and there's a reason they're there. They're good on the defensive line. They're good largely on the offensive line. Bama figured it out at the end of the year. That's how you win in football. doesn't matter what level, and the Steelers are objectively bad on both lines. It would be easy, and I'm sure we'll get to this too, to talk about how the Steelers, they're more about the me than the we with Chase Claypool, right, and the mm-hmm. interception celebration whenever they were down 22 points. But the tangible reason why the Steelers aren't very good is because they cannot fill gaps on defense and they can't sort out who's rushing on offense on the mm-hmm. offensive line. And it's pretty doggone simple. Crowman, how much of that is because of what has been a – 
a cast of, of a lot of different characters, right? Both on the defensive line, you've been moving a lot of bodies in and out due to injury. On the offensive line, a lot of rotation due to injury, and we certainly saw the miscommunication on a lot of those breakdowns where, I mean, the you and I could have sacked Ben Roethlisberger a couple times on those, and we're five foot 10, 150 pounds. How much of it do you put on, you know what, it just kind of is what it is when you're this uh, tattered on your offensive and defensive line versus... Like these are these are still NFL players. You got to scheme them up. It's it's got to be better than what it was last night. Yeah, I don't know how much scheme can help because I just don't think you can polish the turd. Like the defensive line, I think there were reasons why they're bad that I'm okay with. Right? Hmm. You lose Tyson Alualu, you lose Stefan to it. You're just depleted from a depth standpoint, and teams have figured out how to scheme around Cam Hayward and how to not let him wreck games. I get why the defensive line sucks. You wish it would be better. You wish they could at least fit the damn run. They can't, but I get it. The offensive line, they had the opportunity to fix, or they had the opportunity to not have to rely on guys like Dotson in year two or Kendrick Green in year one or, my God, a fifth-round pick left tackle (laughs) that's a rookie. Like They didn't have to come in with the offensive line like that. And I realize that... You have a guy that may or may not retire, and he springs it on you. He springs the injury on you. You don't know how bad it's going to be with David DeCastro. You lose Marquise Pouncey. He kind of surprises you maybe. But you had an opportunity to fix that. There is no reason why this line needs to be that bad. So I blame the Steelers for that. I blame attrition for the defensive line, though. Um, It's not an excuse. It's a reason. They're just too banged up there to be successful. Adam Crowley with us here in the locker room. Another thing that I was really thinking about a lot last night, Adam, and this morning as well, too, that, that desperation, that sense of urgency, right? The Steelers had it against Baltimore. They got embarrassed by the Bengals. They heard about it all week. They had their effort questioned. Cam Hayward made no mistake in, in telling us on Monday morning on the DVE morning show that we stewed in that embarrassment all week. And I think they responded well against the Ravens. Well, Adam, it felt like the Vikings were that team. You know, the shoe was on the other foot, right? Vikings lose to the Lions. Worst team in football. First team to lose to the Lions. And their fans are crushing them. Their media is crushing them nationally and locally. They're embarrassed. They stew in that. And I think you just had to know. It's it's the old adage, right? Like, it reminds me of uh, a hockey team or a baseball team or a basketball team who's going into a best-of-seven series, and it's game six, and you're down three to two. What do you always hear, right? Uh, we know they're going to come out desperate we know they're going to come out with a sense of urgency we got to match that and and I think you you had to know that that was coming from Minnesota last night and you weren't able to match it now you might be able to draw some correlation there with obviously short week on the road emotional victory over Baltimore physical victory over Baltimore but to me too like those are all reasons but you still have to find a way to match that or at least get closer in the first 30 minutes that to me was another thing that it felt like you should have known that was coming and, and, you know, for, for legitimate reasons or not, they just weren't able to ma- match that emotion, that desperation, that desire from the Vikings. Yeah, and I'm getting tired of that happening. It happened against Cincinnati. Yep. I thought that it happened against the Chargers, too. Uh, this team isn't good enough to screw around for 30 minutes. They're, just, they're not even close to good enough to screw around for 30 minutes. And to me, it's not about matching desperation. It's about packing your lunch pail full of some desperation yourself. Like, you got to come in and you got to win a football game because you're trying to play in January. And if you don't know that, 
boy, that's a disappointment. Yeah. And Mike Tomlin needs to take some of that heat, too, because Mike Tomlin, I think, throughout his career, has been a master motivator, one of, if not the best motivators in the entire National Football League. But this year's team is just simply not getting that message. And maybe, again, we're talking about the tangible, right? which is the offensive and defensive lines just aren't good enough, and therefore maybe it looks like you don't bring that desperation. But, man, you can't be okay with getting embarrassed like that. And it seemed like they were kind of okay with getting embarrassed like that by the Cincinnati Bengals, the way that guys like Chase Claypool talked after that game. You can't be cool with it. I mean, you hear Ryan Clark. It's embarrassing, right? You hear other ex-Steelers, your guy, Arthur Motes. I mean, it's embarrassing to see this team play that way. And I keep coming back to this, Wes. How can you not fundamentally fit the run? Hmm. Like, how can you not fundamentally fix that? And it's guys like Devin Bush and Joe Schober who are catching blocks instead of beating blocks. How can you not go into a game and say, F this, I'm at least playing as hard as I possibly can. I'll fly around, and maybe if I miss an assignment that way, we can live with it. But they're just catching these blocks, and it's embarrassing. I can't remember the last time a Steelers defense has looked this bad. In fact, in our lives, Wes, in our conscious football-watching lives, I don't think it's happened. Oh. I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't think it's fair. I got nothing. I got nothing. They gave up 55 to the Patriots. I mean, they've had their struggles in single games. Right, yeah. Like like those two games against the Jags in 17. Yes. And they did, I guess, have some problems against the run with the Jags and Mike Tomlin's first year. But not like this. The the Minnesota Vikings had more rushing yards in one half than any team in the NFL has had this season. And that's against the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you think Mr. Rooney's saying? Watching his team with that logo on the one side of the helmet get run on like that. There was one point, Wes, where Dalvin Cook, according to the advanced metrics, had 11.6 yards per carry prior to contact. Goodness. How is that even possible? Yeah, and I saw your tweet. Uh, Our buddy Mark Caballi, bad Achilles and all, could have run through some of those holes. Uh, you and I both have infant daughters. They could have gained some yards through mm-hmm. through some of those holes. It was it was bad, buddy. You know, you mentioned Schobert and Bush there, and this is Pittsburgh. It's a linebacker tan. It's a linebacker fan base. Boy, have those two been roller coasters. They've been the phantom menace this year, right? They have had some good moments, but there's been a a lot of lows. I think you could certainly maybe say more lows than more highs. But it was last night the the I think the pinnacle of that, the ultimate example of that, when Buddy Johnson. A guy who I have high hopes for in the future. I said during training camp I thought he'd be the green dot guy for this defense one day in three, four, five years. But he's also, I think, only been dressed for four or five games. I mean, he's, he's been a scratch a lot of times. He hasn't gotten a helmet a lot of times. And he's out there getting big snaps in big moments. That, to me, was a, a direct indictment on everything we've seen from 93 and 55. Big time. And I love to see it. I mean, Marcus Allen, we saw him last year, and it wasn't very good. But Mike Tomlin, he's turning over those stones, as he said. And, hey, the options are very literally not better right now, even than the struggling guys that they've got. But the guys that they've played, Bush, Schobert, they can't be out there all the time because they haven't earned that. Uh, On the defensive front, when you bring in a guy like Adams, you need to do stuff like that because the other players, not named Canton Hayward, haven't done enough to earn that. And sometimes it's about getting better. 
sometimes it's about sending a message. In this instance, I think it's about sending a message and hoping and praying that maybe you get more productive snaps. But I'm happy with Mike Tomlin not saying, well, these are the guys we've got. We're going to stick with them. No, 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 no. You can't do that. And at least he played some other people. But there there are no other options now. I mean, where where do you turn now? There's nowhere to go. Not on the offensive line, I don't think. Not on the defensive line, not at linebacker. Um, you need Joe Hayden to come back healthy. I guess that's something. But as far as guys getting sat down and their replacements being yanked in, uh, I think those options are few and far between. I think we should go to the next Steelers alumni dinner, see if we can get Mean Joe Green to suit him up for a couple more weeks. Adam Crowley with us here in the locker room on a Friday. Buddy, Let's okay, maybe maybe a positive, all right? Because it has been a lot of doom and gloom here for the first 32 minutes of the show. You, you, you we we got to be impressed with how Ben played after getting oh. teed off on for the first 30 minutes, right? I mean, I thought that that was listen. I'm seeking no comfort here, but I you, I think you got to give a tip a, a tip of the cap to the old cowboy. He, he he got absolutely teed off on for the first half an hour of that game. He still came back. He still stood in the pocket. He still made enough plays to at least you know get them within striking distance. Legitimately make some sphincters tighten up there in Minnesota. We we know that he ain't as good as he once was, but man, the the, the savvy old vet still has some bullets left in that holster. Wes, you've watched every single snap that Ben Roethlisberger's played in his career. You've watched every single snap that Ben Roethlisberger has played this year. Do you think he's the Steelers' problem? Because I sure as nope. don't. Nope, I don't and think he's perfect, but I don't think he's the problem. No. Does he suck? No. And most in the national media, the pro football focus guys, they like to go on the station across sure, the street sure. and stir the pot. And you know what? Ben has not been great. But the last two fourth quarters, he has been as good as Ben Roethlisberger has ever been. That's not hyperbole. That's just a look at the passer rating. I mean, he had a 158.3 last week. Can't be better than that. I think he's like 31 or 34 or something like that over the last two fourth quarters. Uh, his throw to uh, Pat Fryermuth in the middle of the end zone, I mean, that's the only place you can put it. Yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a great throw. throw. Just a great it's throw. Un- it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's, it's turning back the clock on that throw. And he can't do it consistently, and he's, he's going to have his moments every game. He certainly can't move. But if you watch the Steelers week in and week out, and you watch every snap that this team plays, you know that there are far bigger issues than number seven. And if you had another quarterback in there, one that's on the roster, they don't even come close to coming back in that game last night. They don't beat Baltimore. We saw it against the Lions. The Steelers win that game if seven plays. Yeah. He's not great. He's not bad either. And he was excellent in the last two fourth quarters. Crowley, is it is it just as easy as more no huddle? Let Ben draw it up more, or is is that too simple of a of a sixty minute solution? I don't know if you can do it for a full sixty, but you can sure as heck do it a lot more than they've done it. Hmm. I mean, they did it in the fourth quarter last week. They did it in the fourth quarter this week. It's a great result, and you know Dan Moore Jr. talked after the game yesterday. And he was talking about how they were confused because you've got three newbies basically on the left side of the line. Well, you know what can help if you're running the no huddle, even if you're not going at warp speed, you're still not letting the opposition make their substitutions. They're going to be a lot more vanilla in their coverages because they have to make their coverage calls, not with the ability to huddle on the defensive side. And therefore they can't get exotic with the blitzes or the blitz looks that we saw Zimmer come up with in that first half. Yeah, you help your offensive line out. You help Ben keep his rhythm. I think it's a no-brainer that that's what you move forward with. You have to. I mean, what's the point of not? You got Ben for four more weeks. 
make them comfortable for four more weeks, and maybe, just maybe, you give yourself a puncher's chance at the playoffs. I don't see it happening, but I think it's their best chance for success. Yeah, at least a puncher's chance to go out on a good note and get wins over the Browns and the Ravens at the end of the season. That might be the the silver lining at this point. Adam Crowley with us here in the locker room. Last one I got for you, partner. Of course, I would be uh, committing radio fraud here, radio treason, if I didn't ask you uh, your opinion on, let's call it the curious case of Chase Claypool. Um, man, everything last night, right? The 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 just the, the stupid personal foul, the, the reach forward for the first down when it wasn't close, when you got fortunate on the review but very easily could have been a fumble, uh, the, the antics at the end of the game, all of that combined with you see the playmaking ability that he has. On that last drive of the game, Ben throws one up to him and he goes and gets it downfield. Like It feels like you need this guy, right? Especially in the absence of Juju Smith-Schuster. You need playmakers on offense, and we know he has that ability, but it just doesn't shine through sometimes. A lot of the other nonsense does. What do you think is the move here? Like, Can you just afford to, to sit him down? How do you have to handle this? Do you have to build up his confidence? Do you have to try and support him within that locker room or is it is it tough love <laughs> put your foot down time I actually think he responded to the benching that Mike Tomlin put on him and I think that's why he's going up fighting for those catches in the fourth quarter I really do I think Mike Tomlin got that message through buddy you had what 12 13 14 touchdowns last year you're supposed to be our guy to go up and win 50-50 balls, make it 70-30, not 50-50. You're supposed to take the step forward this year to become a truly elite receiver in the National Football League. And I think he got that message. But I think there's a little bit of ADD there. And I can say that because I got them problems myself. <laughs> where Chase Clay, he well, needs he some riddling. Where he, is. he does. He, he, he forgets where he is, right? He gets the first down. He's all excited. Bingo, bango. Let's go. Let me show these people up. Buddy, you can't be done out at that time of the game. And it's it's also the we need music crap too, right? And it's the well the Browns are gonna get clapped by the Chiefs crap too. He got in a bar fight this off season, which, you know, he could have made it a lot worse, but also you need to be smarter about what you're doing in the public light. I think that Chase Claypool is as talented as you can be. But Clearly, there's a screw loose up there, and he needs to get whacked in the face by one of his teammates. Ben Roethlisberger said after the game that's the coach's job. I disagree. I think it's a locker room job, and I think Ben might have just said that knowing that, and I can't say this publicly, but I think think somebody in that locker room needs to grab him and say, hey, buddy, we, not me, you can help us be great if you just commit to being part of the team. Like, the first down celebration killed me, Wes, but it was the way that he treated Trey Turner afterwards that made me apoplectic because you need to understand, you've got to figure it out. Hey, wow, I did a stupid thing there. Oh, geez, take your medicine. But instead, he not only did he get in Trey Turner's face, but after the game, he also basically blamed it on Trey Turner. Buddy, you got to know better. You just simply do. And He's, he has the ability to be a great player, Wes, but he's got to figure out the mental side of things. And he is only in year two. Hopefully that can come around for him because um, I thought he was a really nice guy when we got a chance to talk to him for the draft, too. Everyone at Notre Dame raved about him as a good character guy. Um, maybe the fame a little bit gets to his head. Turn back the clock, man. It's not too late. You can figure it out. 
think that's well said, buddy. I those those some of those mistakes, those mental errors, they'd be frustrating if he was a rookie and he's at the end of his second season. Yeah, that it, it's yeah. it's time to clean that up. Adam Crowley, our partner in crime, Steelers Radio Network. Listen to him here Wednesday nights, countdown to kickoff. He's your host here, seven o'clock on ESPN Pittsburgh, buddy. Great stuff as always. I appreciate your time. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the weekend as well. One positive thing, so I don't do the whole negative Nancy. I would take 22 Najee Harris's on my team, baby. I mean, that guy, what a player. See yeah, you, pal. Absolutely agree. Great stuff. Adam Crowley, make sure you're showing him love uh, wherever he is, and he is easy to find. The crowd man, good stuff from him, as always. That was our conversation from in the locker room uh, when I was filling in for Max and Wolf the other day. Wesley Euler with you here. It is a Steelers Blitz on SNR. And I think how... You know, as I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this more and more, kind of listening back there and some of the things that Crowley and I talked about on Friday, they can be even, I guess just frustrating is probably the word I'm looking for in hindsight. And here's what I mean by that. Man, Thursday, it, it felt at the time that the Steelers really let that one slip. You know, they, they were as flat as a Pepsi that's been left out on the counter all week in the first half. They were able to make enough plays, Ben Roethlisberger in the defense, to make it a game in the second half. But you really felt like, man, if if the Steelers would have just been buttoned up from the get-go, if they would have not slept walk through the first half an hour, they would have had a really good chance to win that game on Thursday. And you fall to 6-6-1, six, six, and one. it doesn't look good at the time, and now in hindsight I think it's even more frustrating when you see how the weekend's results played out. The Browns hold on to beat the Ravens. Lamar Jackson gets injured. Who knows now? His status is up in the air. The Ravens really seem like they're starting to reel, and their season is maybe um, coming undone here at the worst possible time for them as they lose two games in a row and now are potentially facing a couple weeks without Lamar Jackson under center. And then the Bengals lose in overtime to the Niners at home. So you still got a really tight AFC North. The Ravens are still in first place by a game at 8-5. and five. Even with the two losses in a row, they dropped from 8-3 and three to 8-5, and five, but they're still in first. But man, like I said, if, if Lamar misses any length of time, they've got a pretty tough schedule coming up, and that's going to be difficult to overcome. The Browns now in second, and the Bengals, they're tied for second. The Browns have the tiebreaker at 7-6, and six, and then the Steelers are 6-6-1, six, six and one, and there comes that tie to the Lions you know, coming up to bite you and annoy you because you'd be seven and six and, and just one game back and in the mix, and now you're a game and a half back and you're going to need some help down the stretch. The good news is the Ravens and the Browns have to play the Packers over the next two weeks. Uh, Green Bay pays each of those teams over the next two weeks. The Packers should, in theory, beat both of those teams. That would be good for the Steelers. Aaron Rodgers is a little banged up, but it doesn't seem like he's going to miss any time. But I think when you look at this whole thing and how it played out over the weekend, it's just frustrating. You could feasibly right now, if you're the Steelers, if you would have just beat the Lions and beat the Vikings on Thursday, you'd be in first place in the division. And I know hindsight's always 20-20, and that's the easy thing to do. But you'd be sitting at 8-5, and five and you'd have the tiebreaker over Baltimore because you would have beaten them head-to-head. It's been one of those years, hasn't it? And I I think, like Adam said, there's legitimate reasons to that, and there's frustrating reasons to that. It is what it is with the defense in a lot of ways. 
I thought that they responded well in the second half on Thursday and were able to at least, you know, make that a game, at least able to to cause some discomfort, certainly, for the Vikings. But it's it's just been a it's a it's a defense that is it is beat up, obviously, uh, from the defensive line on back. A lot of key contributors have missed time and are missing time. Joe Hayden's been out for a few weeks. We know Tua and Alu Alu what their status is. Not walking through that door anytime soon. At least certainly Tyson Alu Alu been banged up at linebacker. T.J. Watts missed time. He missed a bunch of time on Thursday night. You've had some other you know bumps and bruises in the secondary other than just Joe Hayden. It's a frustrating year because it feels like the AFC North is so wide open, is so there for the taking. Even still, as it sits now, I mean, the Steelers, as much as I don't want to sit here and feign optimism, I don't want to sit here and lie and be like, come on, guys, chin up. Steelers Steelers got a great chance to win the division. They're, they're mathematically still in it. At 6-6-1, six, six and one, a game and a half out of first, they still play the Ravens again. They still play the Browns again. They're still certainly mathematically in it. If they finish 3-1 and one or they finish 4-0, and oh, they definitely have a shot. But that's what it's got to be. You go two and two, uh, you're gonna go eight, eight and one. That's that's. I don't think that's certainly not gonna be good enough to win the AFC North, but that's probably not gonna be good enough to get you a wild card berth either. All eight, eight and one accomplishes is it. You know, it, it continues the streak of non losing seasons for the franchise, for Mike Tomlin, for Ben Roethlisberger, for for a bunch of different you know parties involved in that conversation. Zero oh, and four, one and three. Obviously, you can forget it. Three, three, and or three, three and one. Pardon me. In the last four, you get the nine, seven, and one. You got a shot again. Probably not to win the division, but maybe to make a wild card. Four and zero. Oh, it feels like they would have to go four and zero, oh, ten, six, and one to have a shot to win the division. I think the Ravens are going to win at least one more game. <laughs> Although who knows, man? They are struggling lately. The Browns and the Bengals are so inconsistent. It's it's just annoying because it it feels like the Steelers should have comfortably won the division this year. You know, kind of like they did last year. You got to the last last week or two of the season, and and the division was the Steelers. That's how it should be this year. There's been some injuries. There's been some other things that have dictated otherwise. That's certainly frustrating. But Thursday was a frustrating result up in Minnesota. Even more so, though, like I said, I think in hindsight, when you see how Sunday played out. Ravens dropping another one, which completely opens up the division. Which, my goodness, the Browns just gave Baltimore every opportunity to come back and win that, didn't they? And and then the Bengals lose at home to the Niners for for their second straight loss after being at seven and four a couple weeks ago. It's wide open, but unfortunately, uh, nobody <laughs> nobody wants to uh, to grab the baton and run with it. It's the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. Going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll get to some of your tweets, some of your reaction, have a little more audio for you, a little more conversation, everything on the board today as I'm riding solo. You want to get involved, I'll take your tweets. At Wesley Euler, that is where you chime in. Steelers questions, football questions, life questions. Get at me, cousin. You know where to find me on the Twitter.com. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR. 